Hannah, the childless wife of Elkanah, entreats the Lord for a son. The Lord hears her prayer, and she becomes a mother of Samuel. The first reading comes from the book of first book of Samuel. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Penana and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on to year after year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and herself before the Lord. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall not drink, drink, neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, the Lord of Israel, grant the petition you made for to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to the house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 16. It's found beginning on page 4 of your service leaflet. Please stand as you are able and sing.
Please be seated. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies for us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make for them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. I'm sort of rewriting this sermon as the morning has gone along. So we'll see if I can get it right. Um, We're coming up to the end of the church year, and so we're getting a lot of this apocalyptic kind of stuff, wars and rumors of war, and nation will rise against nation, and we know that that means we're coming into Advent. Um, Next Sunday will be Christ the King, and then the Sunday after that, Advent. Next Sunday, also, um, Deb and I will be on an airplane at some incredible hour in the morning, Um, on our way first to Detroit and then to Amsterdam and finally to Sudan. 
um, probably about 20 hours um, on our way. So Jesus is walking in the temple, and one of his disciples says, look at these beautiful stones. And Jesus says, the day is coming when not one stone will be left on another. Just last week, we had the story of the widow and her two mites. Um, Jesus is sitting opposite the treasury in the temple and um, noticing people putting in large sums. And when she comes by and puts in her two copper coins worth a penny, he points out to his disciples, she has put in more um, than all of them because she had so little to begin with. And the temple to which she gave that is going to be destroyed. It kind of makes you wonder, what is the point? Um, We're about to go off to Sudan, and I'm going to, because I've been asked to, teach a course on or teach to the pastor's um, administration, um, pastoral counseling, and stewardship. Deb is going to talk about parish nursing. She and another nurse are going to talk about parish nursing. Some educators are going to talk to these people about uh, how to organize a school. We've got some administrators um, going over to talk about administration and somebody who knows some agriculture working on that and somebody doing an art project. Everyone you talk to these days about Sudan, everybody who sort of has any knowledge of the situation on the ground, um, is worried about the elections coming up in April 2010. November, that month, this month, has been uh, voter registration month, and there have been all kinds of hitches and stops and starts with that, and people crying foul and saying this wasn't done right and and it wasn't going well. And the people who know about Sudan are worried that when these elections come in 2010, electing people to the national government that will then eventually make decisions on unity or not, People are worried that as soon as these elections are over, there will be a return to violence, if not outright civil war, at least an escalation in the kinds of violence that we're seeing right now. And so I begin to feel a little bit like the widow, um, offering precious little. What on earth in this tiny little corner of Sudan to a several pastors is a course on pastoral counseling. What kind of difference is that going to make in the face of this potential catastrophe? Why are we doing it? Are we crazy like that widow? We're going to give what we've got. And Jesus says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It's all just going to fall apart. But the end is not yet. This is just the beginning of the birth pangs. Every time that I've read that before now, I've thought, okay, so it's going to get worse. That's what Jesus is saying. It's going to get worse. This time through, we're reading it with the the Revised Common Lectionary. And we have juxtaposed to this Gospel reading the story of Hannah praying at the temple. She's married to Elkanah, and um, the Lord has closed her womb, and her her rival Penina um, has sons and provokes her, and they go up to worship at the temple, and she doesn't want to eat, and she goes and prays, and Eli thinks that she is drunk. And she says, no, I'm vexed. The Lord has not smiled on me. I have no child. 
and Eli says, go home, your prayer has been heard. She goes home, and Elkanah knew Hannah, and the Lord remembered her, and she conceived and bore a son. The birth pangs that Jesus is talking about, it's not that things are going to get worse. It's that out of this chaos, something will be born, something that we are hoping for, something that is part of God's plan. Our diocese entered this relationship with uh, Louis back in 2006. Um, Deb was over there for a big chunk of 2006. Um, A group of people from the diocese went over to their diocesan convention when we signed the, the covenant agreement, and people one after another stood up and gave speeches to the visitors, and over and over and over again the content of the speech was, through all of these years of civil war and violence, we thought that you had forgotten us. We thought that everyone had forgotten us. And we prayed that someone would remember us. And here you are. The Lord remembered Hannah. The Lord Jesus remembered the two mites that the widow put in. It seems like precious little. It seems like in the face of this potential violence, it will make no difference at all. But this is the beginning of the birth pangs. Out of this, if we trust the goodness of God, will come something that we hope for. We don't know what that child is going to look like. We don't know who it's going to be. But out of this will come something that we hope for. God only asks us to give what we can give and then trust the results to God. We're headed off to Sudan to do what seems like precious little. We don't go alone. In a minute or two here, you're going to do a sending sending liturgy with us. Nathaniel had shown it to me um, during the week, and I had read it over and thought, yep, that's pretty lovely. Got up here at 8 o'clock and heard the congregation pray it and just about came to tears. Um, Caught me completely by surprise. Because he used in there the line, remember. Go over there so we can remember them and let them know they're remembered and they can remember us and let us know that we're remembered. That's what this is about. Out of this relationship, even in the face of all of this chaos, will come something that we desire, something that God has planned for us, something that we hope for. Amen.